You know what, Sam? What? We have the great Wade Mentor back on the podcast. Yes, we do. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back from with another episode of the Kaniac Reports. And uh, this episode obviously um, is during the All-Star break. And because it's an All-Star break, we're going to be a little bit taking a break from the news portion because this is just going to be about Wade. Uh, it was an awesome conversation. You guys will hear a special thing at the end of it. It's going to be awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it was. you'll like it. You'll like it. It's fun. You'll enjoy it. Um, it's always a pleasure to have Mr. Benter on the podcast. Yeah, this is the second time. Yeah, the second time. Worth it, worth it, worth it, worth every minute of it. Um, he's awesome. You guys will really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. So here is uh, Sam Driscoll's interview with Wade. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We'd like to welcome back to the podcast the great H. Wade Mentor, PA address announcer for the Carolina Hurricanes. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's been a little while, so we're in a new season now. So I guess just overall thoughts for you for this season didn't start out quite probably the way anyone thought. Were you ever concerned? Or were you the were you one of the ones that we really should have been talking to to keep us calm to start the season? No, I was concerned. Um, no, I mean, expectations were very high for the team coming in, both internally and externally. Uh, you know, the, the club has had a lot of success over the past five or six years, but hasn't quite been able to get over the hump. Uh, you know, the team went out and got some good additions in Dimitri Orlov, Michael Bunting this summer. And, you know, you, you look like you had a really steady goaltending tandem. You look like you had people slotted in the right spots. And it took a little while, I think, for people to gel. Um, their injuries, obviously, Freddie Anderson uh, going on long-term IR with his blood clotting issue. That certainly threw a wrench in the plans, you know. Monte Ranta was having, you know, some ups and downs. Piotr Kachekov started playing well after kind of a shaky start and then got concussed. 
Uh, you ended up having Yaniv Peretz uh, come in for part of a period. You end up picking up Spencer Martin on waivers. Svetch has been kind of in and out of the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I think given the expectations, the the kind of November-ish stretch going in through Christmas was concerning. Uh, but, you know, you look at January, late December, the team's really been able to turn around. You know, points in, I think, like 17 of the past 19 games, uh, long point streak, really been able to catch up with the Rangers who were kind of running away with the division for a while. So, and then and then a good, solid win going into the break against Arizona last night. You know, the only goal that goes in for Arizona is a weird one that goes off somebody's body um, as he's sliding right in front of Ronta. Really nothing you can do as a goaltender about that. But other than that, just a surgical shutdown of the Coyotes. They, they didn't register a shot on goal in the third period. Canes finally managed to crack a, a, a very strong game from Connor Ingram. And, you know, you get to go into the break happy. And after uh, nine days off, hopefully you come back and you keep the momentum going. Well, great call from you, by the way, for those goals last night. I was at the game. My 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 co-host was not. Um, and I guess I'll ask you about one thing that happened at the game. Um, I believe Michael Bunting took an embellishment penalty. He did. As a matter of fact, he did. I want to say you called Jordan Martinuk. I did. I did. Now, yeah. I believe very well that I may have mislooked at it, but I'm just not because I know we talked about before you get the information since you're not down in the box anymore like you used right. to. You get it from the NHL. So I do. my assumption is the NHL made a boo boo. And uh, they- your assumption is incorrect. No, that was oh, no. Uh, 100% on me because brains are dumb and uh, I wish I didn't have one sometimes. No, in that that scenario, you know, there was there were offsetting penalties. We we're going to going out to break. Uh, there was a lot going on, and I literally on my page where I write down uh, the stuff I have to read, wrote down the number fifty eight and the name Martinook because uh, I am dumb. Now, uh, every once in a while, you know, human brains being what they are, we uh, the wires get crossed. I I tend to have two or three uh, times like that a season on average, and this just happened to be one where. Uh, yeah, just so I saw, I looked at that 50 a.m. like, yep, that's Jordan Martinook. Write that down, announced it. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're all human. I mean, for me, oh, yeah. anyway, when anytime something like that, I, I just usually find it funny. And I think most people do. And it's like, oh, you know, it's a good laugh, you know, yeah. even though it was an awful penalty, you know, it makes it a little bit more lighthearted that. Yeah, I, uh, I took it a lot harder than my wife did. Um, she was at the game with my with my youngest daughter, and I'm just like, ah, oh, I messed that up. And she's like, it's fine. It's fine. No, it, it's part of, you know, everyone messes up and stuff that they it do. It does. That you're human, um, for sure. And I mean, I mean, sometimes usually I get the most chuckles out. I think last season you 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 just missed the one minute remaining. I did. I yeah. stopped. Um, <laughs> that's why that we'll talk about with our friends is because it was, you know, it was it was memorable, and sometimes stuff like that is, is a good thing as well. Give someone a memory for a game. Um, yeah, sometimes the mistakes can be fun. Sometimes you can turn them into, and sometimes it's it's just a mistake. <laughs> it's like there's nothing fun you can do about that one. Like I had another one earlier this season where um, I announced Jack Drury as being number ten, uh, which I don't believe anyone wears anymore. 
<laughs> and I don't know if that's just because, again, uh, like a wire got crossed in my brain or my my terrible, terrible handwriting. When I wrote one eight, it looked more like a one zero, which is also possible. But yeah, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes those things can turn into really fun, uh, just goofy memories. And sometimes just like, where did that come from? <laughs> and this was this was one of those. So what what's your favorite memory this season so far? Man, that's a tough one. Um, honestly, yeah, there, you know, there've been a lot, a lot of really positive things going on. There've been, you know, a couple hat tricks. Those are always fun. Um, I've missed a couple of first goals because they were on the road, which, you know, that happens. I, I really wish I could have called, uh, Vasily Ponomarev's, uh, first goal or first point, but they both happened on the road in the same game. Honestly, for me, and, and you know, it's just the little things that kind of stick with you after, so many years of doing this, I really enjoyed getting to announce Yaniv Peretz coming into the game um, for his first NHL action. Because, you know, there's there's a college free agent. Uh, he was playing in the ECHL, obviously has a strong pedigree, winning a national championship with Quinnipiac. But, you know, not a guy you would expect to, to be seeing NHL action. And in a normal circumstance, you probably wouldn't. Um, and I think probably the team knew they were going to make a waiver wire pickup uh, soon and you know he'd be back down to the ECHL but you know the coaching staff got him into a game he made a save and regardless of whatever else happens in his career and hopefully it's a long and prosperous one he'll be able to say he got announced into an NHL game and he's got a save on his record and he's got a you know 1,000 save percentage in the mm -hmm. NHL and you know that's the type of little moment that while it doesn't really affect the team's playoff chances, don't really affect the outcome of the game. I think may mean a lot to to all of us who kind of love the team. So I mean, I can say when you announced him into the game, uh, myself and you know we hadn't had a lot to cheer for that game. No, no. And I we stood up and cheered. I mean, one, your call was excellent for him coming in, and we were out just happy for the kid to get a shot. I mean, sure. it's always cool to see something like that. Um, because you know he'd been NHL up. debuts are always meaningful because it's so hard to get there, and and the difference in talent between someone who can make the NHL and not is is minuscule. Um, it's sometimes it's fate, sometimes it's you know being put in a good situation, but just being able to get up there and have a game at the NHL level is an accomplishment that you know, should be lauded. So any any debut is going to be a big deal for me. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I guess speaking of just, you know, players who with memories, um, we recently just had Justin Williams um, getting inducted into the Hurricanes Hall of Fame. So I wanted to give you an opportunity to say maybe any memory you have about Justin Williams that sticks out or any interaction with him that sticks out. But we we love Williams and he's a great hurricane and just want to honor him some more. Yeah, I mean, for a guy who had two extremely meaningful stints with the team, uh, um, you know, bookending a career that ended up with uh, a couple more Stanley Cups outside of Raleigh, it's, I think for me, seeing him come back to the team as a free agent, it was one of the very, very early signings in the Tom Dundon administration and the Rob Brennamore administration. And... You know, you so I remember being at the I think Summerfest when we announced that I was announcing the um, prospects game and 
we put up a graphic said, you know, we've just signed free agent Justin Williams. He's coming back. And there was a huge roar from the crowd because I think everyone remembered how good he was when he was with the team on the first iteration. But I don't what I don't think anyone really knew at that point was how crucial he was going to be to the revitalization of the franchise. It'd been been a dark decade. Like there there had not been a whole lot to cheer about. Um and Justin Williams coming in and you know providing that that leadership. Uh he was the innovator of the storm surge, which brought, you know, attention and and kind of a culture to the team from the outside. People finally started paying attention to things that were going on in Raleigh. Um, old hockey men like Don Cherry didn't enjoy it, but, you know, I think we came out okay in the end. And then leading the team to, uh, you know, a double overtime victory in Washington in Game 7 in the first round of the playoffs after we hadn't been to the playoffs in so long and making it to the conference finals and kind of a string of playoff runs after that. I think the most important thing he did was working alongside the coaching staff and the rest of the leadership group establish that culture of we're going to be fun, we're going to be unique, and we're going to be successful. And, you know, the six-ish years of playoffs here later, I think, can really be traced if you can point to one thing on the ice, aside from kind of ownership and coaching, Justin Williams coming back to the team. Yeah, I mean, just I I, I don't know if this team makes the playoffs that first year of Rob Brendan Moore's head coaching without Justin Williams on the roster. I would say no. Yeah, and I, I would lean toward toward that too. I mean, Rod was a huge factor, but if you don't have a player in that room who's been there before and can and can encourage you, sometimes the coach can only do so much. You need that leader. And and that leader was Justin Williams that year. Um, and they make the playoffs because of that. And um, also, I, I I don't think you can discount as as kind of goofy as it probably looks from the outside, the the bring in of the storm surge. It it was You've got a team that, you know, they've got 10 years of no playoffs hanging over their shoulders. And it's real easy, I think, as we've seen some teams who've had kind of uh, a lack of sustained success in the league. It's too easy to get into the, well, this is just who we are. Woe is us. You know, things are going to go wrong. Another year without the playoffs. And it, can, and it can really, especially for the players who've been there for a while, I'm sure it was weighing on their mind. Like, what do we have to do to to get successful again? And if you're thinking about all the reasons you can't be successful, you're probably not going to be in the right mindset to be successful. So having something like that that was just fun and silly and goofy, I think was important to keep the room light. And then when, you know, the Don Cherries of the world started uh, kind of dogging on it, now you have a rallying point. Now you have a, oh, you know, us against the world. They don't. They don't like it. You know, we we will band together. You know, we're we're in this for each other. And that's the kind of seed uh, in which kind of a, a, a tree of success can grow. So, you know, Justin Williams coming in with that idea, you know, no one in the NHL was doing anything like that. You know, a stick salute at center ice was about as adventurous as you got. Then all of a sudden you got Evander Holyfield knocking out Jordan Martinook. You've got Trevor Van Riemsdyk dunking uh, in skates. Um so much fun stuff, and I personally believe, and this is just me from the outside because I've never talked to anybody about this, that having that sort of outlet and having that sort of rallying point and, and the whole bunch of jerks, uh, you know, era 
was one of the things that allowed them to take their mind off of 10 years of no playoffs and put their minds into having fun. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Um, I mean, it was long, long 10 years. The only player that I probably feel more sorry for who isn't a hurricane anymore is Jeff Skinner. (laughs) You just, you got to feel sorry for him. There is probably no one else that's in the play that's in on a team right now that I want to see in a playoff game more than him. And Jeff Skinner was one of my favorite players growing up. So um, I feel poor guy. He's gone from bad to worse. Like he he's with the Canes right after the last playoff run in 09. He's, he's a good player on a bad team. He, he just, you know, suffers under season after season after season of failure. Um, leaves the team, you know, goes to Buffalo, who looked to be a team on the rise. All of a sudden, the Canes get good, six straight years of the playoffs, and Buffalo is still uh, still looking. So that, that poor man is snake bit. I think I saw that he will almost certainly – set the record for most number of games played without a playoff game this year. And, you know, for, for a guy with that level of talent, it's surprising to see, but you know, bad luck is bad luck. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure Buffalo will eventually get there. They have a good young squad. So I would, I would like to see Skinner play in a playoff game. Maybe he's going to have to get traded, but at this point, I don't know if he's going to want to risk that anymore uh, after what happened last time he got traded. Right. Um, so I see a goalie mask, and oh, yes, I played goalie a little bit myself. Okay, so I would love a little bit of maybe a backstory on the mask because I think it looks awesome. Oh, thank you. Yes, so um, I you know, kind of a backstory before the backstory. I did not grow up with hockey. I grew up in the very small town, the tobacco fields of Southern Virginia. Didn't know anything about hockey till I went to college. It was I was a baseball fan growing up, and hockey was occasionally the thing you'd see on ESPN as you were flipping around trying to find a baseball game and didn't know what was going on. Um, went to college, made at uh, William and Mary. All my friends were from Northern Virginia. They were big Caps fans, so that's how I got into hockey. And then you know, moved to Raleigh in '99, the same year the team came from Greensboro. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I, my now wife and I, took uh, some ice skating lessons. It's like a couple's thing back in the you know early 2000s before we got married. And then in like 06-ish, I, I started playing hockey, started skating out as a, as a forward. Um, always been, I've always been fascinated by goalies. Uh, you know, my first hurricane that I, that I ever really loved was Archer's Urbe, um, my my oldest daughter was a soccer goalie for a long time and it was always just a position that fascinated me but you know i never did anything about it so when i turned 40 i i decided it's now or never i'm i'm either going to do it or i will never do it uh cuz time is unforgiving so i turned 40 and got a set of goalie pads and started learning to play um, really did fall in love with the position as, as a as an old guy, and you know one of the things I treated myself to after a couple years of of you know kind of getting into the rhythm, getting on a team and playing was uh, I got George Alves, Hurricanes equipment manager extraordinaire, to make me a custom goalie mask. Like got him to paint it up for me. So I my favorite book as a kid was Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, little proto nerd growing up in Southern Virginia. So 
Uh, I got George to paint me up a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy themed mask uh, for, for my favorite book. And poor George, no idea what I was talking about. He, he had not read the book, um, which is not surprising. But I sent him some some ideas and he came back with uh, with this and I was absolutely in love with it. Um, so I've got another mask now uh, for my D-League team that I play on, the Puccaneers. That's the one I wear most of the time. So this is more of a collector's piece. It sits on the desk and, you know, reminds me of, of things that are important to me. That's really cool. Uh, always good to hear a story about George Alves, um, a guy who got to play in a couple minutes in an NHL. He did. Seconds. Did, I don't yeah. know how long it was. I think Bill Peters put him in. Um, yeah, like 13 seconds-ish. Uh, but, he, you know, he was out there. You know, and, you know, like so many people in the Hurricanes organization, just, just a wonderful person, just the friendliest guy you can meet, hard worker, exceptionally creative, uh, still, you know, at, at at his age, and he's not massively younger than me. Um, he's out there as the as the Canes practice goalie, the fill in goalie. If somebody needs some rest, like just an, uh, if you ever get a chance to talk to the guy, he's just a, a gem of a person. So, does that mean you're our e bug for PNC? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm somewhere on the list. No, actually, a funny story because I I do play that bit a lot because I do play goalie I've played in a couple of alumni games uh, people know I play goalie I'm in the building um and like okay you know oh, I, you know so and so got hurt or so and so's you know not playing well mentor where are you uh and I love playing along with the bit because uh that would be that would be hilarious but putting on putting on my uh organization hat uh after George played in his game back New Year's Eve however many years ago it was the league put in a rule that said nobody who is a team employee can serve as an emergency goalie. Um, and, and I don't really know why they put that in. I don't know if it's because so, they thought people would be stashing, you know, NHL quality goalies as like assistant equipment manager just in case. Uh, but they put that rule in. So yeah, I, uh, aside from the fact that I'm significantly disqualified based on my skill, uh, I am also disqualified from any sort of uh, e-bug action based on the fact that I am a team employee. I mean, if if they ever asked you, would you would you would you do it? If they ever asked me to like come out and like put on the gear at a practice, so they could you know, oh yeah, you know the NHL players, you know they make it look so you know these goalies they make it look easy. What would happen if we put a forty-eight year old D leaguer in in practice against? one of the best teams in the NHL, like that would be hilarious video content because you would see just how far above kind of in every man these players are. Like I'd be lock lucky to stop one uh, over the course of a practice. But that if they ever asked me to come out and like for for just kind of sillies to to put on the pads and be, be in a practice, I would absolutely do it. Um, so we mentioned a little bit back about the storm surge. Other than the mom's coming out, because I don't know if anything's ever going to beat that one. What's your favorite storm surge that you've seen? It's probably Holyfield. Uh, that that one, because it was such a such a crossover between kind of like mainstream culture and the surge and the team being willing to have fun at their own expense. Like huge props to Martinook for you know, kind of take, taking the fake punch and taking the dive and being dragged off the ice by his ankles. There were there were a lot of really good ones uh, kind of during the heyday of the surge. But honestly, for me, that one was my favorite. That's the, that's the one 
that uh that you know if i go back and look at highlights of the surge i'm gonna re-watch that one a couple of times that was a good one i i like thor i thought that was a good thor one. Was, thor thor and thor 2 were both really good uh you know the second one where we actually did animate the ice breaking uh that 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 was a solid one there there were there were a lot of really good creative ones there and and you know i think that 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 shows that nhl players could you watch them in interviews and they all kind of give the same canned answers and they all kind of seem like automatons because that's kind of what's been trained into them mm -hmm. but you know they're fun creative people and if given the opportunity to express that in a in a way that you know they can do with their teammates they're 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 fun people so um, when it comes to, uh, when I was trying to, when it comes to the storm surge, do you ever know beforehand if they're going to do something a little different? Like, did you know the moms are coming out onto the ice? Yes. Yeah. Um, it, you kind of back in the day when, when the surges were cer certainly more elaborate, it was always a little bit of a toss up if we would know what was happening beforehand or not. Uh, generally we'd only really know if there was some sort of like external prop that we had to be aware of to, to deal with, uh, like when we brought the basketball hoop out. Okay. If they win, they, you know, we're going to have the basketball hoop out there and they're going to do something with that. But that's really the extent of, there were some, there were some reason, and you know, we knew Holyfield was coming out cause that's something that had to be arranged. Um, but there were a lot of really interesting surges. And if you ask me which one it was, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you, um, that we had no idea just like i don't know we're going to watch them and figure out like what's going to happen here um so yeah it was, it was usually a little bit of a toss-up that you know if, if we in production knew what was going to happen or if they were going to surprise us so i'll end well we'll end with a couple of things but we'll end with this one as well you you have last season in the playoffs one of the longest games, I think, in franchise history, if not the longest game in franchise history. It was it was the longest in our franchise history and like fourth or fifth in the NHL overall. It, that was a long, long night. <laughs> what was that like from your perspective to be in that situation and then it ended the way it did? Like how how was the feeling in the building? How was the feeling for you? Was that a feeling of this series is over? Or were you still clinging to hope? Like, what was that? What was it like from from your perspective? Well, I didn't love it uh, for one, and but no, I, I would say that you know, kind of in the in the overall picture, I don't think anybody walked out of there thinking the series is over. It was certainly a disappointing loss, especially since you had you know one of their goals called, pulled off the board prior. We had one of our goals pulled off the board prior. And just like any of the games, it could have gone either way, just one slightly different bounce. Um, but no, I mean, for me, it was very boring uh, to a large extent because in playoff overtimes, you don't have TV timeouts. We don't have like any sort of sponsored content, uh, you know, it and that's a lot of what I do. I read goals, penalties, sponsored content, you know, contests, things like that. So. Really, my the only thing I did during those almost four or five overtimes, I don't know, I lose track now, was announce penalties, uh, announce the end of the period, announce the team coming back onto the ice after the period, and 
you know, ultimately the the game winning goal. So long stretches of time for me where I was not doing anything uh, except watching the game. It's, you know, midnight, 12.30, 1 a.m., game's still going. I am tired because I actually, I actually do have a real job that I do during the day not, in addition to this. Um, and, yeah, it was heartbreaking to see how it ended, um, and it was heartbreaking to kind of see how those one-goal games ended up going over the course of the series. But, um, you know, it's something you look back and say you were a part of. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure it was one ex- exciting in that to witness history for the franchise for sure, or to keep going over and over. Um, I wasn't able to make that game, but I could tell you I was falling asleep toward the end of that game. Um, so I can only imagine how it was for for you having to just sit there and really have to not only stay awake but have to focus. Yeah, yeah, it it it, it you know the job from the outside looks very easy. Oh, you just talk, right? Um, but there is a lot of focus. There's a lot of preparation. There's, you know, I, I, I have to be there early, you know, occasional mistake aside, I got to be on my game all the time. And, you know, that much hockey in one night is, is tiring, uh, mentally, not certainly not physically. I'm just sitting, but yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. It takes a lot to put the games together. It takes a lot for, you know, the, the experience that people have when they walk in the door, they see the game, they leave. So many different moving pieces are all required to kind of be on their A game all the time for that to happen. And, you know, the, there's a lot of folks behind the scenes who work a lot of hours to make sure that fans have a really good experience there who aren't, you know, as visible as the broadcasting, aren't as visible as me, aren't as visible as, you know, Megan or Jatovi. There's a ton of people who... Every time a replay shows up, every time, you know, a contest on the ice goes well, like there were a ton of people involved in doing that. And, uh, you know, everybody's everybody's got to be be ready to bring their best every game. And they do. Uh, so, you know, as much as much as it was kind of a, a historic time for me, it was a historic time for everybody working that game. So. The alumni game, you mentioned that a little bit ago, I'm assuming they'll have another one this year. They usually have one every year if they do, if they do. Forward or goaltender for yourself this year? Uh, it really kind of depends on what else they got, uh, you know, or what they need. Um, you know, as, as you know, a team employee, I pay my way into the game, but I also want to make sure that, you know, the folks who are not team employees end up having the best time they can. So if there's a goalie spot open, I'll probably take it. I didn't get a chance to play a ton of goal uh, in the outdoor alumni game last year, I got like 10 minutes in and that was super fun. Cause I played the first two periods as, as, as a defender. Um, but I would like to get another full game and goal, uh, if they do another one this year. And if you're a forward, will you, uh, and you score, will you be able to do your own call again? Uh, you know, I feel like I can't go back to the well too much on that one. That was, uh, that was definitely a career highlight. Um, feel like I got to leave that one in the vault. And if I come up with anything, else fun uh make sure it's something new were your were any of your friends or family able to um to get that on a video for you other than what you got from the arena or were they i mean espn got it i was on uh sports center the next <laughs> yes. morning so i yes. i did reach out to somebody in production and and i have a copy of the video that espn aired um from when I scored in that alumni game and and announced my own goal. So, yeah, I've got that as a keepsake. That's awesome. 
<clears throat> All right. So I mentioned to you before we started recording that I would like you to do a goal call for your favorite player, and that could be anyone from 97 to present. Have you picked a player? Uh, as I told you before we went on the air, I love all my children equally. Um, now I'll, I'll do I'll do one uh, just because I, d- I don't interact with players. People think, oh, you know, you're you're hanging out with the players, you're having fun. No, I don't. There's a very strong wall between kind of the hockey ops side and my side of the house. I very rarely have any interaction with with anybody on the hockey ops side. Um, just the nature of the business. But, you know, after playing in a few alumni games, I, I do know moderately well a, a couple of the retired players. Um, like I've recorded Jesse Bolrus's voicemail for him because he thought that was a hoot. Uh, <laughs> but going back to that alumni game where I scored and announced my own goal, the the funniest part for me, or probably the most memorable part, was, was not necessarily scoring the goal, which was amazing because I never score. I'm, I am not a good hockey player um, or announcing because it was actually not my best announcement. I was very out of breath after that, like three minute shift. Um, it was lining up for the face off after I scored. I stayed out on the ice, which I probably shouldn't have done. Um, so I line up at a right wing and I'm still, you know, kind of playing to the crowd and stuff. So I line up, get my, get my uh, stick down ref drops the puck all of a sudden i am flat on my face and the re and i look up and the reason i'm flat on my face is because eric cole as soon as the puck was dropped took his stick and just pushed my skates backwards (laughs) (laughs) and i look up at him and he's just laughing at me and then he skates off i actually have a picture up on my wall not that you can see it kind of where i'm pointing of me looking up at him and he's just looking down at me and he, I got him to autograph the picture and it says great Sally Eric Cole. Um, <laughs> he's like, all right, rookie, you need to stop celebrating. We got a game to play. So in honor of that, I'll, I'll announce a player that I never had the opportunity to announce uh, during my eight and a half years with the team. Cause he was long retired, but I will announce Carolina hurricanes. Go. Score by number 26, Eric Cole. So, Colsey, if you're watching, that one's for you. Love that. Love that. My roommate loves that. Hits one of his favorite players, Eric Cole. I, we love Eric Cole. We think he's going to be the next member into the Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Unless Eric Stahl retires, then I think he will automatically get that one. But Eric Cole's awesome. Uh, sir, we appreciate you as always. Look forward to it, and we'll say hi on the concourse. Absolutely. Say hi and uh, let's go Canes. Sounds good. Thank you, man. That was fun. Uh, and we got a goal call for Eric Cole. That was I, really, that was, that was awesome. I mean, for a player that's not playing anymore, that's, I mean, that made my day. Yeah, I know. I mean, Eric Cole was a fan favorite. I know you like him. Your dad likes him. I like him. Everybody likes Eric Cole. Um, and he's still a big part of the franchise. Yes, he definitely is. Uh, in fact, I actually got to speak with him one time because I think he was walking around during one of the games. It's like, I got to speak with Eric Cole. <laughs> yeah, Eric, Eric Cole's man of the people. Great, great hurricane, great player, Stanley Cup champion. So love Eric Cole. Yes. Uh, one question for you. Are you going to be watching the All-Star? 
game, or at least Ajo's. I'll watch. Well, I'll watch the draft. Oh, the draft. Okay. Yeah, so I'll watch the the draft for sure because that's pretty cool. So I'll watch that. I've I've always thought those were neat. Um, I liked it when they did it in Raleigh. So and they have celebrities. They do have celebrities as the uh, people picking. I only recognized two: Michael Bublé and Justin Bieber. Um, I like Michael Bublé. Well, I do too. I think he's good. Him and Josh Groban are two of my favorite singers, and they're very similar styles. So, oh, they are. I like I like Bublé as well. So that'll be cool. It'll be cool to see them do that. So, um, I'll be watching that because I think that'll be entertaining. I'll be watching that too because it's going to be fun. And hey, gotta represent for Ajo. Yeah, um, captain of I guess one of the captains is Jack Hughes. Yeah, yeah, he, I think he is. Although, isn't Hughes injured? He might be, so that might change. Um, but I think Jack and Quinn are co-captains. Oh wow! So the brothers. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be a little bit cool. Yeah. And then there's all obviously Luke Hughes too. So no, he didn't get the big. But the he Oscar. didn't. <laughs> I mean, he didn't get into yeah. the selection. But yeah, yeah. it'd be cool to see where Aho goes. Uh, yes, it will. Uh, so yeah, that was a fun episode with Wade. Uh, we will see you guys Monday. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.